Welcome to the Make Africa Better podcast, where we have authentic conversations with different thought leaders across the continent, Africans who are making it happen, Africans who are making it work in Africa, and who have perspectives and insights to share that we think would uh, help young people reframe their purpose and figure out how they can walk towards the Africa we want. And tonight, we are lucky to have with us Ms. Diane Didol, who is an amazing African woman based in Johannesburg, South Africa. She's an entrepreneur. She's a cancer survivor. She's a professional. She's a mother. And she is just an amazing force of nature. Diane, welcome to the Make Africa Better podcast. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. And uh, just a point of correction. Uh, my surname is pronounced Diodol. Fantastic. And I always do this, Diodol, right? Yes. I butcher people's names yes. and I learn a lot along the way. Say it again so I can say it correctly. It's Diodol. Diodol. Did I, did I like say it right? Diodol, yeah. Diodol. Yes, Diodol, yeah. What does that mean? Uh, to be honest with you, I don't know. Um, I think it's just, um, it's a surname, you know, like uh, I've asked my dad some time ago, you know, he also is like, no idea, you know, uh -huh. but, uh, you know, from his, um, his roots, his, uh, his grandfather was uh, from Belgium. All right. So somewhere, somewhere out there in the world, you know, if we dig the Belgian history, perhaps we might come across the surname and, you know, find awesome. its meaning. Awesome. Yeah, because yeah, across Africa, yeah. uh, you would typically find that names um, have a story behind them and a meaning that sometimes has a bearing on the holder. And it's always interesting and exciting to figure out what uh, that is. But it's a privilege and honor to have you uh, with us uh, tonight and uh, quite keen to learn a little bit more about your story and how it might help young people out there uh, discover their purpose and stay committed to their goals. Um, where did your story start? My story actually starts, um, you know, I was uh, born in Zimbabwe in a small village, uh, town rather, uh, between Victoria Falls and uh, and uh, Bulawayo, a town called Wanke, which is a coal mining town. So were you born in Zimbabwe or in Rhodesia? Uh, I think it was Zimbabwe. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Because I just got off a podcast with a gentleman that was like, I was born in uh, in, in Rhodesia, but I'm going to die in Zimbabwe. So I just found that interesting. So oh. born in Zimbabwe in Wangi. Yes, yes. And um, yeah, you know, I was fortunate enough. My, my family were, were like nomads. So they traveled most parts of uh, Zimbabwe, outside of Zimbabwe. So, you know, I grew up in many different areas. You know, my childhood was like, you know, as a traveler, you know. So I've been to a lot of 
There's Southern African countries and Zimbabwe, different areas of Zimbabwe. So, yeah, I was privileged to 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 grow up like that. You know, I can speak about over 15, 16 languages. Whoa, let's from, list them all. From, yeah. That's 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 like mind <laughs> mind blowing. Sixteen languages. It's your yes, it's your local languages in Zimbabwe. Uh, you know, some languages from the Congo, some languages from Zambia, some languages from Malawi, and uh, some languages from Namibia. So I'm a fast learner, I'm a creative, so I used to pick on these languages, uh, you know, with, uh, with passion, you know, like I would want to learn. And, uh, you but know, through the journeys, I managed to, you know, I don't know what they call it uh, in in proper English. Um, what is the right word? Tell us uh, the right word. We want to learn a new word today. Is it an eaglot or something? You know, somebody who speak more than three languages. Wow. Uh, there is the right word. You must Google it. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna be googling. You you can rest assured we're gonna be googling so we find that word. Yes. But yes. I find it uh, absolutely a polyglot. A yeah. polyglot. It's a polyglot. Oh. Polyglot. Yeah. Yes. All right. So to our young listeners out there, it might be a good thing to be a polyglot because it opens doors. Sixteen languages. Phenomenal. Yes. Yes. And, and this is something that I've often pondered when I'm talking to Pan-Africans. And uh, there's some that have raised the issue of us needing to have, say, Swahili as the official language and stuff. And you go to a lot of the schools in these post-colonial states and people learn to speak German and French and Latin and, you know, mm. whatever else is out there. And not enough of the local indigenous languages. So when you... Um, share with us that you speak 16 languages and i think nambia is one of them am i right yes yes that that that's that's absolutely amazing but we want to hear um a whole lot more because right now um i guess what i'll say first is congratulations because i know you started a business uh, some years back didi couture and it's doing really well with amazing designs and I noticed recently on social media, there was a buzz around um, Renault um, sort of taking some mm -hmm. of your designs and models and, uh, you know, you being a part of a campaign and marketing either uh, a dealership or their uh, vehicles. Uh, how did you get mm -hmm. to that from the girl who was born in uh, Zimbabwe and traveled all over and now owns this designer line of clothes you make it sound so happy but yeah well uh you know to cut a long story short you know i've always been a, a creative person you know um the designing part you know the fashion line uh, it's a business i actually started when i was in junior school so I used to, you know, to like to make things, you know, like I'm an artsy person. I don't know what they call them, art, not artists, but arts and crafts, you know. Mm -hmm. So 
making dolls was one of them. So I used to fight a lot with my grandmother, you know, when she was still alive. And I'd cut up her most beautiful garments to make my dolls, dresses for dolls, you know. So um, as I grew up in life, I, you know, just, well, the mainstream career, you know, our parents encouraged us to do is, you know, to be some professional, a teacher or something like that. So uh, I was in the in uh, civil engineering, but, you know, that was not my passion. So, you know, when I moved here to SA, you know, slowly, uh, you know, and just as a side, uh, something to do to keep the passion alive, you know, I started creating some dresses for some friends and... Uh, you know, just making for myself and, uh, you know, a few years ago, that's when I decided to just, you know what, there is maybe something here, you know, I can mm-hmm. do it as a business and uh, I decided to, to just launch my business, you know, and um, uh, Didi Couture was born, you know, officially and uh, I've been making dresses and, uh, you know, like you mentioned recently, I had a collaboration with uh, one of the big motor companies here in South Africa, you know, Reynolds Cars. So, uh, you know, Reynolds Cars is known for, you know, it's a local manufacturers. Yes. Although they have their head office overseas and stuff. So these cars mostly, they are manufactured uh, locally and uh, uh, they're affordable, they're not posh, but they're actually urban city cars, you know. So uh, we decided to just try and, uh, you know, to collaborate and boost the sales and so that people can just get pride in their local uh, designs, you know, in the form of the cars and uh, the clothing. So um, if you can just have a look at some of the the dresses and stuff we actually trying to target the young urban uh, young people you know with the mm-hmm. dresses that we we designed the line you know that complements the lifestyle in the city so uh, from our pictures you can tell that you know this is definitely the car for the mainstream people you know contemporary people who are looking for an affordable car and uh, maybe affordable dresses, you know. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so that's why we, we came together to, to just collaborate and uh, push each other. I, I, I was um, not surprised when I saw that buzzing on social media because I recall years back and correct me if I'm wrong I'm, I'm thinking around say 2016 uh, might have been in Atlanta when I was having a conversation with you and you were like uh, Dudley I think I'm gonna go um, you know full-time with uh, creating these designs because uh, back then you had shared some visuals of some uh, designs you had made and I was you know, mind blown. And I was like, who's this designer? And you were like, well, this is my work. And and I couldn't believe it because it was just looking so awesome. So when I heard that um, the French car uh, company 
had decided to partner with you on this um, in the way that you've described, I wasn't surprised because um, I, I know the quality of stuff that you make. And the thing that was even more exciting for me was uh, everybody knows the French have a taste for good designs and beautiful things. So uh, I, I must imagine this was um, quite quite a, a good feather to have on your cap that they chose to run with your designs. Well, yeah, I think it was uh, perhaps maybe just an opportunity being at the right time at the, at, uh, you know, at the right place. So, you know, when I was also trying to to get um, myself, you know, with this COVID uh, lockdown and, uh, you know, everybody going through the, the hardships, you know, but as a creative, we try and create opportunities, you know, so... I was uh, lucky enough when I uh, gave them uh, an idea of a collaboration, they accepted it. So, you know, uh, like you say, from 2016, I've been trying best to, to just, you know, move the brand forward and uh, try and show people what I can do, you know. So, and uh, sometimes you get somebody or some company that can give you an opportunity and say, okay, we actually love this, give us more. So that's what actually happened. And uh, I'm very grateful, you know, for, for, the, for the platform that they gave me to just, you know, express myself in the form of creating this beautiful creatives and um, creation, sorry, that I have in my head of, uh, mm -hmm. you know, my, my, my brand. The thing I love about this is here at the Make Africa Better podcast, right? We are aware of the need for young Africans to be the storytellers in chief of the African narrative. Because for too long, we feel like external groups have been defining who we are as a people across the continent. So to have you as an African woman choosing to go into design and setting up Didi Couture and scaling it up in the way that you've been doing along the way creating jobs for other africans i feel it's amazing mm. uh there's lots of young women across the continent who are either nursing ideas that they haven't acted on or that they haven't set out into the world to establish yet because maybe there's some uh, self-esteem issues maybe there's not enough people around them that are saying hey you can do it go out there and try if you fail You'll learn something and try again. So mm. having you stand out and become a shero, and this is something that I'm always talking about, right? That we've heard so many stories about men and other people who've done certain things, but not enough sheroes out there to inspire and motivate the younger ladies. So that's why I think this is a very important story to learn that an African girl born in Zimbabwe grew into a business person, a professional woman, a mother, and now creating jobs for other Africans. Because as I was looking at the models that you've uh, had for your photo shoots, beautiful African women across different, um, you know, racial groupings, which, yeah, which is something that I thought was quite, um, you know, phenomenal. Having 
um, a designer that is aware of the need to have diversity and inclusivity mm -hmm. and that can empathize with the African experience and then create a line that speaks to that, that is urban and that competes with the best of them across the world. Um, you have got a lot that we would want for you to point to other young women out there. Yeah, well, you know, I think um, for people that at least were given an opportunity, you know, when you have your ideas, when you know where you're coming from, you know, the main objective that you have is to create pathways and to open other doors for other people. So, you know, with uh, my um, uh, brand, Didi Couture, you know, I'm not really focused on, you know, taking the name out there, but I want to try also to develop other people, you know, the young people to, you know, to not give up on their dreams, you know, whatever a dream that you have, you know, so that's why I try to promote as much as I can, you know, a wide variety, diversity of uh, models, you know, uh, from different ethnic colors and, you know, demographics. So uh, I'm happy to, you know, to make everybody feel comfortable that they are able to contribute something, you know, there's something good in them. So, you know, we making clothes but you know our mission also is to make clothes that will be acceptable not acceptable but make people feel beautiful you know so it don't really matter where you come from but if you wear our garments and uh, you know you are comfortable and you're able to be yourself in the garment you know you probably Mm -hmm. would have helped us you know achieve our mission you know that is one of our goals on our website you know we we just want the people to be happy and with themselves you know and uh, if they can appreciate m what they have more and then we can just enhance it i love that you talk about uh, building up people's perception of self um, self-esteem and being mm -hmm. conscious to the varying needs that people have so far as dressing themselves and bring out the best in themselves. And you mentioned yeah. your website. So if any of the young people across the continent are looking to connect with you, uh, what is the name of this website? Where can they find you in, in the social media or electronic uh, platforms? Uh, on our social media pages, it's uh, just the same. Um, it's Didi Couture. And our website is uh, didionline.co.za. And uh, I will send you my contact so you can, anybody that wants to get in touch with me, they can just be welcome to, you know, to contact me. Awesome, awesome. We certainly will because that's also a huge part of what we do, right? Creating networks so young Africans can connect with other Africans that can either mentor them or share ideas. So there's a lot of cross-pollination mm. 
um, and crowdsourcing of innovations. And just a couple of weeks ago, I was talking to a young lady uh, called uh, Mildred Mugauri. Uh, she's Zimbabwean, just an amazing intellectual. And she's into this uh, design and clothing space and uh, was telling me about her experiences out in Italy where uh, she had gone to further her studies and was looking at new techniques and stuff like that. And she's back in Harare in Zimbabwe and looking to set up uh, an enterprise, just an amazing thirst for knowledge, an amazing gifting um, in connecting with people and articulating the need for the clothing industry to start moving at the same pace with uh, different other places across the world so we can catch up and showcase what we have and not have a lot of this cultural appropriation that's occurring where designs from Africa um, start showing up in New York and then we, by the time we start buying them, we are not buying from our brothers and we are not creating uh, revenue along the value chain of other Africans. So it's stuff that she spoke passionately about and I will certainly connect you with her. But whilst we are on that, right, um, I imagine it certainly hasn't been easy for you to set up this business and to build up an industry-wide network. What sort of um, best practices and words of wisdom would you share uh, for the audience right across the continent, for those young women and men that are looking to set out into the design space, into the modeling space, or into any other business? What do you think has been absolutely essential to your success that they might learn from? Um, I think the only thing is, you know, having the belief for for myself, you know, like, you know, I'm like, um, I always thought I was uh, good enough, you know, so with that in mind, you know, I, I don't really bother a lot about the comparatives out there in the world, you know, what's supposed to be good what's supposed to be not but you know what i believe is what do i know what do i what can i give so i had that strong ambition to say i know this and that means you can do this so you know throughout my journey i never you know uh, swayed away from that belief to to think that i was not able to to become you know or to create you know this vision and bring it to life like this is what i wanted so i think self-belief is the one thing that's carried me through you know with all this life that's happened from your cancer and stuff like that but you know at the end of the day is telling yourself you know you are this and believing in it because nobody else will you know we can try to mentor people yes. or these young people but if you don't have that self-belief and self-awareness to you to know who you really are you know you will never get it right because we can always you know be taken out by the world you know following trends and you know trying to be this that is probably you are successful by other people or other uh, industries so at the end of the day you you just have to develop that 
awareness of your own person, you know, to know and, uh, you know, understand what you're about, what you know, what you can do. So if you believe in that, you know, it might take, you know, it's taken me so many years, but, you know, this is my dream. This is what I knew I could do. So it doesn't really matter to me. It's taken me so long to, to create this vision and bring it to life but you know I've had this for as long as I can even remember so now that you know what you know now could we say that there's an element or a part of you that feels like oh gosh I wish I had actually started earlier focusing on my dream yes you know I think uh, mostly we we doubt ourselves, you know, like uh, I remember even uh, when we had the conversation sometime 2016, you know, we don't have that uh, conviction like you are this, you are good enough, you know, so we tend to fear, you know, like somebody can leave a door open for you and you are afraid to walk in because you're unsure of yourself. So I think until you get to that point where you are really confident and, you know, uh, about who you are, what you can do, you will never be able to, you know, uh, accept or to go through opportunities that can be good for, for you, you know. So I think the, the doubts is what kills most of us, you know, these young people. I'm not young anymore, you know, like, <laughs> uh, I'm a mature lady, you know. Oh, yeah. So, you know, these young people, you need to learn to not doubt yourself a, a lot, you know. At the end of the day, uh, you will lose or maybe, you know, knock 10 years of your creative um, world that you've wanted because you didn't believe enough that you can be this, you know. So self-doubt is the killer, is the killer for many businesses because we are not sure to venture, you know, and somebody can give you a, a big dig, you know, like, can you do it? But, you know, you're like, ooh, ooh I can't. So you've got to believe. You've got to believe. You've Challenges will believe come, you, but you've got to stick yes. it out. Oh, wow. You've got to stick it out and take that step, you know, like, you know, sometimes we venture into this unknown and somebody has not paved a way for you. So you've got to be um, strong enough to take that step like the first step is always the hardest, you know, even like uh, starting the business, but you have to do it to, to move ahead. Otherwise, you'll be standing there still contemplating and thinking about it, you know, trying to see how best you can do it. You know, the best thing to do is just to take a step, believe, don't doubt yourself too much. Awesome. Awesome. I love what I'm hearing. And I guess a lot of this resilience also has something to do with um, 
the season in your life that you made reference to where you fought and overcame cancer. Is that something you want to talk about a little? Yeah, well, most definitely, you know, it's, it's, it's very painful to talk about, but you know, I think it's, it's taught me a lot in my life, you know, these uh, times when we, we have to go through some hardships to learn and, you know, to even, you know, um, recover from, you know, these hardships, how we can be stronger in life, you know. So I was unfortunate enough uh, to have been diagnosed with a stage two cancer. I had a, a brain tumor um, in my face. I don't know if that face or the brain, but yeah, someone mm -hmm. in there. So, you know, that was uh, 2014 and uh, um, it, it, it was a long journey to, to just go through, you know, the, the diagnosis first and, you know, the treatment and the recovery period. I think that's when you can tell yourself, you know, it's either you're going to make it or you're not. So cancer is a very, well, it's a dilapidating disease, you know. I think mm -hmm. it's even worse than AIDS, you know. So because I think HIV and AIDS, it takes, it, it gives you options to, to manage it. You okay. Know? When you go through these cancer processes, you know, the doctors, they don't give a lot of hope, you know. Even when you tell people like you've got cancer, the, the first thing they'll react is like, oh, oh, yeah, she's gonna die, you know. So at the end of the day, I think it, that fear plus, you know, thinking the worst that can happen, you know. Me, the doctor, when I had my, I think my fourth surgery, he told me that there is nothing that they can do to fix my bone inside. I will have to manage to not have, you know, the speech. I'm even talking to you now, you know, the doctor had said it was never even going to be possible to happen. Oh, wow. So, you know, so for them to replace my my whole jaw uh, because of the radiation and stuff uh, it was going to make me lose my speech my you know like your functioning proper functioning so you know I told myself I, I will not even lose faith I will be okay you know and the doctors they give you their own opinion you know so I went through it thinking I was going to be okay. If I lost my speech, that would be death. So it's a miracle, you know. I've taken pictures with, you know, my treatment doctor, my yes. oncologist, to, to just prove him wrong. I was like, can you even tell? The last time um, we had a conversation so deep, you were telling me, call somebody 
your okay, your your people are way back in Zimbabwe. You might just you need support. You're not gonna make it, you know. So to go to go back and just say, I made it, you know. It was just like some. I don't know how I can even describe it. Yeah. You know, it was not an easy journey to go through. You know, from the treatment, I think the recovery process is the hardest because, you know, that's when you you've lost a lot of your, is it your physical being, mm-hmm. of the weight loss, the hair, you basically like a like a skeleton. You know. I remember. So, um, looking at the pictures that you shared um, yeah. from around that time, but I couldn't help uh, notice the look of a strong will in your eyes that you were not going to give up, that you were going to fight this thing, and that you were going to win it. And that tenacity, that 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 amazing force of nature that you exhibited was just so phenomenal. I think um, many other people out there who either are going through uh, a similar experience right now or know somebody in their circle that is can draw strength from your story. Um, you, 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 you just were absolutely um, amazing in, in that fight. Thank you so much. You know, from I think from my learning experience, you know, I I, I have a, a cancer foundation called uh, Cancer Angels Network. Oh uh, yeah. So I yes, remember that, you know, and you used to. Um, <laughs> I believe you you had, or you possibly still have. You can correct me. Uh, branded water and other um, yes, products that yes. you would. Uh, promote and then uh, go to groups and motivate and visit patients and that yeah. sort of thing. Tell us yeah. a little bit about that too. Yeah. Uh, well, this was actually born from I think the, my recovery process because after you go through you know your chemo and your your radiation, um, especially the cancer of the head and neck area, it destroys your is it the system to eat proper food mm-hmm. so people actually die not from the cancer you know from dehydration you know lack of um, proper nutrition to to eat mm-hmm. so the hospitals can give you the treatment but they cannot be with you at home give you a diet or you know uh, support systems, you know, even your other foundations, you know, it's information. They're giving you so much information. Yes. What are you going to do about it? So the the one thing which I picked up the most because I was struggling to even swallow a spoon of porridge, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I decided to just support other people who were still battling in that department to like okay uh after some research i found out you know uh, this water that we drink is uh you know uh, the municipal water is actually more poisonous than you know uh, in medicine 
Whoa, so, whoa, whoa, whoa. Walk yeah. us through that. Like uh, educators, <laughs> we need to know this. What's in the water? Yeah, so, uh, you know, the water that is treated locally by, you know, your municipal local uh, waters, even your bottled water, I don't know, they use the system called uh, reverse osmosis. Yes. I don't what, what does that do to the water? So when water in its natural form, it's alkaline. That's why you see, like if you've been to Binga or somewhere, you know, if you drink like a bohol water uh, or you boil bohol water in a kettle, you will see like a white substance somewhere you know at the bottom mm -hmm. so that's alkaline so alkaline is actually you know a natural property for the water what it does it's you know our bodies have so much acid you know like it's you know everything that we're eating has too much acid in it toxic so stuff alkaline balances yes your your gut system and everything, you know, acidic stuff that you're eating. It actually cleans up your your system. So now when they do this, when they treat this water, they strip out everything from the water by chemicals and then introduce the the other chemicals which they put on the label, you know, like chloro, whatever, whatever, you know, but that water is already wasted. Wow. It does you no good. You know, it does you no good. So I decided to, I found a manufacturer from um, Midrand who was uh, sourcing water from a spring so we actually don't interfere with that water it was tested to have a higher ph level okay so when i was recovering i i drank uh, most of that water to because i think i thought you know uh, when i was reading most of the levels of the food and stuff you need to just build your immune system better so that actually opened my eyes also to like okay this is what i will need to flush out my body and then i decided to take that initiative to the oncology department of net care in alberton i think johannesburg and net care so is like a private them, hospital chain right Yes, yes. So we introduced this water to to the doctors, you know, the treatment doctors and uh, the nurses and, uh, you know, the psychologists and whatever, you know. And um, they, they actually, you know, welcomed and they were surprised that, you know, I mean, they are doctors. They could have done it before already, you know to try and help their patients to recover, you know, quicker or better. So wow. they um, put their stamp to like say, this will be an added 
an advantage, you know, for a recovery patient. So we were able to take that water. We actually don't sell the water to the patients. We, we give it for free. So, you know, anybody that wants to, to support the, the initiative, we, we donate water. Or you can buy the water and then for each bottle that we sell, we donate one to the patient. So, so that's how. where can interested individuals find this initiative? What's your website? Um, what does it look like if they want to partner with you so we can help more African people that are, you know, going through chemo or facing all kinds of uh, challenges related yes, to cancer? Uh, I don't have a website yet, but I have a Facebook page. There's a Facebook page called uh, Hold My Hand, and then there's another Facebook page called uh, Cancer Angels Network. Cancer so, Angels you know, Network. We've actually helped, yes, a number of people in Zimbabwe who were, you know, uh, recovering from cancer with the water and the, the nutritional supplements that was donated by, you know, some other companies. So, you know, it was a good initiative, but, you know, it's been a little bit dormant now because of this whole situation with the COVID and people losing their jobs and, you know. So, you know, it would be good to, to start helping again because it's, it's a very good initiative to just assist, you know. We don't get nothing out of it except to, to help people. The thing that I find uh, or inspiring in you is how you face a challenge, look it in the eye, and convert that to a possibility. Saving lives of people who are uh, undergoing chemo treatment and recovering, being able to tell them of your story and how you overcame, mm -hmm. raising their spirits and actually making them aware of the need to uh, watch their nutritional intake, how to boost their immunity, and rallying our people around such a worthy cause. I, I think this is something that we want to see more young people doing. Uh, and I think um, knowing where they can find you, uh, like the Hold My Hand initiative, you say there's a page on Facebook, um, and they yes. can also find you through Didi Couture um, yes. website. So we'll, we'll keep spreading the word because we want for more young people to be a part of the African narrative, which is infused with Ubuntu. Um, I am because mm. we are and participating in our own rescue as uh, young African people. So how do you manage being... Uh, an activist for cancer or an advocate for um, people living with and uh, around people with cancer and being a designer, an employer, a creator, being a mother. How do you balance all those uh, deeply involving responsibilities? Well, I I don't know how I do it, but you know I I seem to be you know managing and um, 
I, I don't really overload myself with uh, a lot of uh, a lot of stuff, but you know, I take each day as it comes. You know, like mm -hmm. if I've ideas, I add on them. I don't wait and plate is full. So procrastination uh, is a thief of time. Stop, Yes, you know, the first stop is uh, the children, you know, being a mother is my number one role, you know, making sure the kids are all right and, uh, you know, I put on my boots and go out there and save the world or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. one person at a time. So I think what we also forget, you know, with uh, this this life is... Uh, we want to do everything to to you know to be the heroes and uh, whatever but I always um, tell people that you know I will I am grateful if I help at least one person a day or in a week mm -hmm. you know so <clears throat> I don't have to go out there and help a whole lot of people to to be able to feel good about uh, whatever I'm doing, you know. So I'm happy doing the little that I can to um, assist as well as to, you know, uh, progress with my life goals, my work, my, you know, my family. So don't... Um, I don't, I don't understand how I can um, explain this to you, you know. I just go as the day goes, you know. I All don't right. really have a problem with so much stuff that I have on my plate. To me, it, it doesn't seem a lot, you know. You ride but the wave just... and you do what is possible. And you, um, yes. not to turn this into a sermon, right, but you remind me of... Um, an account in the word where uh, we are taught that the good shepherd would, uh, if one of the sheep got lost, that he would leave the 99 on the hill to go after the one that got lost and that he would celebrate um, in, a, in a big way when he found it and bring it back to the flock. So mm -hmm. when you talk about mm -hmm. doing it one soul at a time, I think that is a huge thing you know we can never underrate that because um, every soul that is touched that's inspired that's motivated uh, could be the next soul that's going to set up an enterprise that will employ half a billion africans and create absolutely. income and revenue absolutely. so so yeah, yeah. So, so that must mm -hmm. never be lost on us wow and one thing that I was curious to ask you, too, was uh, what sort of books do you read? Um, so our listeners can maybe draw from that. If there's books you read, if there's um, people you follow, or if there's a mentorship model that you, um, you would say has worked for you, um, what's your secret source? Uh, I don't really uh, read a lot of motivational books, eh? Um, I'm always a fan of fictional uh, fiction novels, you know. Uh -huh. I used to actually love and even write stories about, you know, fictional characters, you know. I used to love my Milton Boone, you know, 
your stranger than fiction stories your, ah uh, so you're a romantic mills and, and boone uh, yes i'm like a hopeless romantic so those were my thing you know like i would take that book within two hours i'm done with this like 244 pages wow you know so i'm a very fast reader hey and I'm they do say love I, makes I, the world go around. Yeah. Yes. So, so I can see I how really you would do most of these. those things, right? If, if in your mind's eye, yeah. you are driven by um, love and spreading love and just being warm to people around you and not being salty, but just encouraging people to love on each other. I can see how that positive energy would lead either to open to, to people opening uh, doors for you and creating opportunities or uh, to yes. you looking at half chances uh, in the right frame. Like I can make the most of that window of opportunity, even if it's really small, I'll squeeze the most out of it and make some lemonade. So, wow, I like that. Awesome. Awesome. So no motivational speakers, no motivational books. Um, wow. Well, well, positive mindset, a lot of love in your heart for uh, helping other people around you and doing good. But I still feel like there might be something else that's a part of the secret sauce. Uh, well, I, I'm a Christian first, you know. I, I actually grew up most of my life in church so you know when there is a, a person that I, we, I used to follow was probably mother teresa you know i oh, have yeah. a lot of her quotes and uh, you know the history behind it you know i used um i think my kids took that up now you know when i see them i actually see uh, a bit of myself you know i used to like to research you know like uh, some story or something you know just find out go to the bottom line of who is this person you know to understand uh, what 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 did they do what did they do to inspire others you know just even narrating the stories that's what i like you know like you know, when you talk about uh, Oprah's um, as, uh, um, personality or whatever she did for people, but I like to understand her story, you know. So I would dig up on the person, like, okay, this is what they did, what, you know, where they came from. Um, what impact they had on, on on the world or whoever they met, you know, like so. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, I think I get more inspired from understanding, you know, the life of some, you know, big people who have done so much, you know, in the world to inspire and help other people, you know. So, awesome. So I, I was. It also into, you know, like I don't know, Princess Diana to understand, you know, I think a lot of people just maybe misunderstand the story behind who she was, you know, like 
what happened to who was she she was a princess you know the story what happened how did she grow up to understand exactly what type of a person she was so at the end of the day you know i have also this thing called the the storyteller in me i like to tell stories yeah. like you know to narrate and uh, you know i love that uh, evoke yeah some emotion in people you know just dig deeper and you know that is one of my passions you know i'm a creative i like to just be out there and you know i love that do the real things i love that cuz i'm connecting the dots right there's a nexus from mother teresa to uh thirst for knowledge and depth in research to christian mm. um because even in the christian faith they say test the spirit and to see if it's from god right so mm. due diligence you do your background research well you have a passion you stay consistent to it but you also have uh the community at heart where what you are mm. doing is um meant for the good of the people of the community Absolutely. so even when you set up a business you are still telling a story as a creative the story of diversity mm. of inclusion mm. of self esteem and encouragement and positive warmth yeah. and i can see how that would add up to um the amazing success that you've had and um how you would be a great um motivator for some of the young people that follow us and um I know we've sort of kept you on this podcast for a while and your commitment to the African cause is undoubted because it's probably midnight where you are but you are on this podcast and allowing for us to talk about some of these things so um not to hold you captive for much longer but I would ask for you to share um some sentiments some last sentiments that you'd want for the young people to sort of hold dear to their hearts if you had three things uh to say to the young people across the continent or in the diaspora young africans uh what would those three things be oh wow well, i'm a very simplistic person you know the first thing i would just uh try to make young people understand is to love you know i think if we try to learn to love you know your neighbor your yourself your people around you and you know at the end of the day your understanding of a human being would actually be a different one you know so that would be my first stop you know just love and uh, laugh a lot you mm-hmm. know just laughter is the be best happy medicine and yes you dance in the rain even if it catches you with your books or whatever you will dry them up and you know try to make a story out of it so you know dance around your mostly you know we wallow in our problems and um, mm-hmm. we 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 even disappear from the world so uh, i learned something from this one person long time ago you know he told me when you have your problems you 
you must write them and uh, put them in a jar, a plastic jar. All right. And then one day, just try make a, a lemonade or a, a cold drink, whatever, and light up those problems and dance around them, you know. You will see <laughs> the fun you will have. And so I think we just take life too seriously because we don't have um we we don't want to control life you know i think we don't have the power to control where it might take us so, so i don't think one should waste their life trying to fix or to rectify or to get some things which they really want you know every day it cannot be your uh, your life to be you know depressed because you don't have this and that you don't have that and that so to live each moment as it comes you know celebrate your little joys and you know life will change someday someday it might be for the better so you know just appreciate to be happy for today and Tomorrow you might be happier, you know, you might be depressed or whatever, but I think if you take each day as it comes to say you've done your best, whatever it is that you're doing, and be happy about about that, you know. So um, I'm talking a lot now. I, I'm not a philosopher <laughs> or whatever, but I like to make people think as light, as much, as they can not to put so much heavy stuff on themselves, you know, like because you will not achieve anything. You cannot fix uh, most of the problems in this world. So what better way to do it? To, uh, tomorrow I'm going to try again, you know, and yeah. be happy that today you did your best, even though you didn't get the results, but you did something, you know. You did something, so just be light, love, and uh, love, you know, learn to love even strangers, you know, be compassionate, Yeah. be understanding, and, you know, have compassion for people who are suffering, you know, I'm suffering too, but have compassion for others. I love that. I, I love that. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, this has been great, right? Um, and it's a privilege and honor to have you with us today. Um, to our audience, uh, this has been uh, Miss uh, Diane Deardall. Did I say it right now? Yeah, and uh, she's an amazing uh, woman in Johannesburg, South Africa. Uh, check out Didi Couture uh, and check out uh, Hold My Hand uh, page on Facebook um, that's affiliated with the Cancer Initiative uh, that she's a part of. Uh, she'll give us her details, and for those young people who want to reach out to her that are venturing into the design space, um, 
you will uh, find a lot of strength and uh, encouragement from Didi. Uh, she's with the Caesars gang, uh, making some amazing yeah. designs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Check out uh, her website. And um, we just want to thank you all for joining us. Uh, this is a place where we have authentic conversations that are unfiltered, that are unscripted, and that are meant to get our young people thinking outside the box. Make Africa better. Checking out. Thank you.